0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Three Crosses podcast. My name is Danny Strange and for this series God's Speed, I am your host as we interview some people who have amazing stories of God breaking through and showing up in their lives. Through this series, we're talking about the way that the Holy Spirit partners with us and us with him as we walk through the world together. And today on our podcast, Carolina Andes is here in our podcast studio to share with us about the way that God broke into her life as a 21-year-old single mom filled with the burdens of life and God showed up and set her free. You're in for a treat as you listen to this podcast. Carolina, welcome to Three Crosses Podcast.
1: I'm glad to be here.
0: We are very excited to have you as we... Move into week two of this series called Godspeed, where we're investigating the Holy Spirit breaking through into people's lives. And I am really excited to have all of our folks hear your story of where God broke through in your life today. So thanks for coming.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Can you give us, for folks who don't know you, just a little 30 second biography on Carolina?
1: So my name is Carolina Andes. I attend church here with my husband. We have four kids. Life is by default super crazy. Um, and my husband's the worship pastor. I serve here on the communications team and love helping with women's ministry. And yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, the reason we were excited to have you step in on the podcast this week is because you have an amazing story of the moment when Jesus broke through into your life and became Mm -hmm. real to you. And we are really excited to hear that story today. Uh, Before we jump into it, give us a little bit of the context. What do we need to know before we get to that moment where Jesus broke through in your life?
1: So my BC era, my before Christ era, <laughs> um, I had just turned 21, and my, my childhood and adolescence had kind of been um, defined by this really deep struggle of, of insecurity, of, of feeling like I was inherently unworthy, that there was just something about me that was always destined to be unlovable, unlovable. Um, and and that really defined who I was. I was always trying to try really really hard to just be good enough. But it seemed like the harder I tried, the the worse things were. And and so at this point when I was 21, um I had become a single mom at the age of 19, and so I had a almost 2-year-old little boy. I was living alone. Um, I had a little apartment and I, at this point I had, was renting a room out to this lady who worked only nights. And so I, I never saw her, but it was the only way that, you know, we, we could get by and you know was kind of just working and struggling and trying to find my worth. And it's cliche, but in all the wrong places, right? There's a reason they say looking for love and in, in all the wrong places. And that's, that's kind of where I was. And I, so I had hit this point where, um, I I had my lowest low of depression um, and anxiety and I was just trying to hold it all together.
0: How did you, like, what What did it look like to be by yourself in this apartment? How do you raise a kid and support yourself? How did you do all that?
1: Honestly, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I look back at that time and it was a lot of fake it till you make it. Mm. That was kind of my...
0: My you, way I mean, you helping. had to work, right? Did yeah, you have a job yeah. at all So that? I had a
1: job. I worked at the Apple store, okay. um, which I loved. Um, but it was still a retail job, you know? And so it was it was juggling this. And I kind of just had this mindset of, I, I have no one to depend on. Um, I remember someone asking me at one point, you know, if I was religious. And I said, no, because why would you pray for something when you just have to do it yourself? Mm-hmm. And so in my experience, no one showed up to help me. No one was there to help me financially. No one was there to help me watch my son. No one was there to help me emotionally. And so it was kind of like, okay, I don't have time to to cry about this because if I don't do it, no one will.
0: And that sounds like a, a life that's very opposite of a life where you're having to depend. Oh, God provides me. God does all this work. God yeah. is my helper. And so you're in this moment – far from God, partially Mm -hmm. because you're thinking nobody's going to help me, but me. And then what happened?
1: And so it, it all started with a conversation. Um, there, there was a a friend that I met at work and he, he kind of was like just observing how I was at work and how I was in social circles versus how I was one-on-one. And, And he said, gosh, like, you are always trying so hard to be the best at everything you do. I was like, yeah. And I was, like, really proud, right? (laughs) Because I was like, that's right. I'm a 21-year-old single mom, and I'm not a statistic. And so there was this pride Mm -hmm. um, of, like, yes, someone finally sees that I'm trying to be the best. And so me and this, like, I was kind of, like, at, like, a high, like, yeah, that's right. I do it all on my own. And then he responded with, you must be so exhausted. Wow. And that just like, it knocked the wind out of me because it was like, one, dang it, you saw me. <laughs> and-
0: <laughs> How does that feel? Like, did, like were you, did you feel like you were kind of putting up this mask and no one could see you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think it was like, a, I was an actress, but the only one believing my own act.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... And a part of me, was, I was trying to convince myself more than anyone else that I could do this all on my own. Um, and, and so when he said that, it was like, yeah, I'm exhausted. Because it wasn't just the single mom part of it, right? It had been my whole life. As, for as young as I can remember, the first time I remember feeling like I hated myself, I was seven years old. Mm-hmm. And so thinking like, yes, I'm really, really tired of feeling like this, and am I always going to feel like this? Am I always going to have to fake it? Am I ever going to just make it?
0: And it was, was, that, was that the first moment you realized you were tired, or was it like in the back of your mind that like this exhaustion has been there, but you were just trying to pretend it was? I think it there?
1: was the first time I vocalized it huh? because in my mind, it was like if I say it out loud, that gives it energy, and then I can't run away from it That's, anymore.
0: <laughs> and so he just kind of dumps this idea on the table. I was like, no. <laughs> and you had to look at it. What yeah. what was your emotion in that moment with this new like truth out there in the world for people to see?
1: Just like defeated. Like yes. Because it was like admitting that I was exhausted was admitting that this wasn't the real deal. This wasn't real peace. This wasn't real success. This wasn't really having it all together.
0: And that was your thing, having it all together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. And
0: so you admit I'm tired. Yep. I, I'm done.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How does that relate? Like, where does God come into that? Did
1: Well, and so at that point, um, he was a believer and <clears throat> he, he said, you know, growing up, my mom always told me, he was trying to like, you know, say my mom told me, so he mm-hmm. wasn't the weird Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, my mom always told me that I can surrender and I could just give it all up to God. And then there was this like awkward silence. It's like, and he just went there.
0: (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. what's what's awkward about the silence?
1: Well, you know, I think now fast forward as a Christian, these things that sound normal, like, you know, I'm having a conversation with my mom from Bible study friend. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we need to surrender this to the Lord. And that's Mm -hmm. 100% accurate. But when you are (laughs) not a Christian, it's like, I'm sorry, what? That makes no sense.
0: So, he, well, yeah, what was a? It's Christian. So, he says that it's silent, and then what's the emotion starting to, like, build in you after, as that, like, phrase is echoing in your brain? In my
1: mind, I was like, well, I mean, sure, that sounds nice. <laughs>
0: like a luxury kind of thing? Yeah, like,
1: that. <laughs> that's super cool that you can just do that, but, like, <laughs> like that's nice. You live at home with your mom. Yep. I'm the mom <laughs> in this situation. And... Just surrender it to God. Like super cool. So is he going to show up and watch my kid? Like, Mm -hmm. it just didn't make sense. It was really awkward. We also kind of had a crush on each other. Like, spoiler alert, he ended up being my husband (laughs) as Brian. But so it was this like, oh, I thought you were kind of cute. Now you're kind of going all Jesus-y on me. Mm -hmm. And it makes no sense.
0: So So you walk out of that conversation. How do you feel about Brian?
1: Unsure. Kind of like okay, is he always going to bring this up? Because, I I just I don't I don't I didn't at that point in my life I don't buy the God thing.
0: So how would you go from not buying the God thing? Like what was the next step where God showed up, or where even the God concept showed up in your brain?
1: So I kind of put it out of my mind for a bit because again it was like okay right back into into mom life. Um, a couple days later. I was doing my normal routine. And so I would have to get up, I don't even know, it was like 5.30 in the morning um, to get my son's lunch together, to make my lunch, to feed him some breakfast, to wake him up. I needed to get him to daycare by 6.30, to get to work on time by seven. I would work a full shift and I needed to pick him up at exactly 4.30 because I got charged a dollar a minute for every minute I was late. Which, when you don't have much income, it's like every dollar is a big deal. You start thinking of it like I was three minutes late. There goes a a gallon of gas. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I would get off work, and then I would have to run to get cash because I was too poor to buy a checkbook. And so, you know, run to the bank to get cash and try and scramble over to to pick him up, and so you know, go to the ATM, take out the sixty bucks to pay for a day of of childcare. And I see that I have like thirty bucks in my checking account to last me for the rest of the week until payday. And so in my mind, I'm like, okay, 30 bucks. How okay, I can just do, I don't have to drive anywhere, you know, just work, I can skip by on a couple gallons again. So all these, you know, things are going through my mind. And then I realize, shoot, I didn't buy groceries to make dinner tonight. <laughs> and so I'm being like, okay, what can I buy that's really cheap? Okay, if I just do pasta and tomato sauce, he'll eat that. I can eat that. We don't need any protein. He doesn't like meat anyway. And so I'm like, trying to just like it's, everything's fine. It's where all are fine. you
0: when you're thinking through all this? Where are you? I'm driving. <laughs> and all this is all the weight and the thoughts. And just like,
1: pro- like okay, I, and just overall thinking like oh no yeah no I got this. And is that like make... a
0: normal like oh, yeah, day in was, the life of Caroline? And that the was the mom. thing is
1: this was an everyday yeah. normal thing. So I'm like it's okay I got it. Okay, oh dinner. Yep, I got it. Then I realized. <laughs> oh my God, I can not even wash the dishes from last night. And I only had enough dishes for one meal at a time. So I was like, if I ate off of a plate, it wasn't like, oh, just put it in the dishwasher and use another plate. It was like, no, go wash that plate because that's what we've got. We have two plates between the two of us. So I was like, okay, I need to... Wash the dishes and cook the dinner and go to the grocery store. Okay. And then thinking like, I want to make sure I read to him because that's what moms are supposed to do to their kids. And then I need to give him a bath because I can't be the single mom that sends my kid to daycare dirty. And I've got it. I've got it. And, th- mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it just hit me. I can't do any of this.
0: What was different about that moment? Like why, why did it hit you right then?
1: Honestly, I, it was a God thing. Because I the overwhelming feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I in retrospect, I look back at that moment and I know that God He's such a patient God. And He had to let me get to the bottom of myself. And it was that moment in my car And I wanted to pull over on the side of the road to cry, but I literally that would have cost me money.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Every minute you're like, every minute. (laughs) And so even like you're just driving and crying. Driving and
1: crying and thinking, like I I don't even have time to break down. And Brian's telling you,
0: just give it up to God. Just surrender.
1: (laughs) And and suddenly it was just too much. All of it. And so whereas one minute ago I was, I've got this, I've got this, that's right. I'm I'm the single mom who can do it all on her own. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? I'm just the girl who doesn't even want to do any of this on my own. I can't do this, any of it.
0: So God breaks into your life, makes you overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and now you're crying on the freeway. Yeah. Is that like the moment for like is that you look back, you say, That's when I became a Christian on the freeway?
1: Almost. I would say it's the first time I tried. and so and so after that, then I remembered what that weird Christian guy Brian mm-hmm. said about giving it up to God. Okay
0: yeah
1: Still makes no sense, by the way, um, but I had nothing else. Mm-hmm. And so I can remember as if it was yesterday just driving and saying, okay, God. I'm going to give this all up to you.
0: It seems like you've got like, what? Like, what's like the attitude behind that in that moment?
1: It's almost like sarcasm.
0: Okay.
1: I would say like, I don't know, maybe not sarcasm, but just this level of like.
0: It's like it's sarcastic, but at the same time you're doing it. Yeah, like, It's not like you're just. Almost this
1: kind of like, this is how low I am right now. Is <laughs> I'm this praying is, now. That's what yes, I do now. This is what I do now. Like, this is how bad it is. That's how I know. I've really lost it and I really can't do this because I'm trying to talk to someone who I don't even think is there. That's Mm -hmm. how desperate I am. And so
0: you're at this point, you don't realize he's the one who's allowed you to become overwhelmed. No. You're just overwhelmed and thinking.
1: I've got nothing left to try. And so she said, okay, God, I don't know how this works because you can't come do my dishes, (laughs) but I have nothing else. And so I'm giving it up to you.
0: Is that like the exact prayer?
1: That was it. That was like the exact thing. And then it's like still driving.
0: So you call on the name of the one who cannot do your dishes. Yeah. I
1: I let him know what he can't do. Yeah,
0: exactly. Perfect.
1: But I said, I'm giving it up to you. I don't know what he's going to do with it, but this is it. You surrendered
0: it. You do what Brian said. I did. I surrendered
1: it. Sarcastically. And then I did that. Still driving. Still watching the clock. Nothing happens. Like, the clock doesn't mm-hmm. magically stop.
0: You, your bank account didn't get My, filled with money no. or anything? No, and
1: so it was like, okay. And then it was like back to back Was that to like a discouraging time?
0: thing? Like, did, were you hoping the clouds are going to part or something? Were you looking no, for that? No,
1: I mean, I think there was a part of me that was like, I know nothing's going to happen.
0: Did you feel dumb in that moment that you just prayed that? Or like, what was your emotion after that prayer?
1: I think it was like, okay, back, let's, you know, go back to faking it.
0: Yeah, now I gotta actually make this thing happen.
1: I still like yeah. because I still had, and that was the weight of it. Right? It wasn't like I could even afford, literally, mm-hmm. to go just curl up and cry and, yeah, and go read feel your Bible, that, have a
0: quiet time, yeah, and think about it or, something, or yeah. do
1: anything like that. It was like, okay, wipe the tears,
0: yeah, put a action. smile
1: on, yeah. and pick up my son and pretend like everything's okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and so I did. We went through the motions, paid she was really generous. Didn't, she didn't charge me for the, you know, five minutes I was late, pick him up, go to Safeway, spend as little as we can on groceries. Um, and I'm driving up and thinking like, okay, what am I gonna, you know, he's only at this point, like 20, 22, 23, you know, so he's almost two and thinking like, how am I going to keep him busy while I, you know, do all this? So I'm processing all of this. Honestly, I wasn't even thinking about the I wouldn't even know if I call at that time I wouldn't have called it a prayer mm-hmm. but I wasn't even thinking about what had happened in the car
0: you just thought that was a moment it was gone now you're, yeah. you're just back in life again
1: that was like a moment of desperation that we're just going to pretend didn't happen like
0: this weird hiccup this in your weird life.
1: hiccup <laughs> I'm just going to keep going back to I have it all under control because mm-hmm. I have to and then I opened the door to my apartment, to apartment yeah and my roommate my roommate who just worked night shifts that I never saw, she had washed all the dishes.
0: <laughs> was that like her job in the house? To no.
1: Wa- <laughs> no, it wasn't. Because those were my dishes, right? Like she, I don't, I never interacted with her. She'd never washed the dishes before and she never did it again.
0: So like that, when, when she did that, that was a remarkable thing. Like you noticed. Yes. That she had done that.
1: And it wasn't like she just washed the dishes. She washed them. She cleaned the counters, put like clean dish towels on, you know, like on the doors. <laughs> she had vacuumed the living room and organized all my son's toys.
0: Oh, wow. That's a big one.
1: That's a big one. And I remember watching. Did like you just in, open the
0: door and you see that?
1: And I see all of this. It's a tiny apartment. So, I mean, I could see yeah. it all yeah, from yeah. the door. And like, what that do you, like, was, you're
0: standing in the doorway, door opens, you look and you've got this, like, the cleaning crew has just come through. Yeah. And what's what are you thinking?
1: I immediately thought, "Okay, God, you showed me about those dishes." Wait, really? Like,
0: did you immediately that link in- that in- with the immediately God? Immediately,
1: I linked it to that, and was just like, "Okay, like he, I don't know, I still <laughs> don't know how this works."
0: Because you just knew, like, you knew that the God who cannot do your dishes
1: just did my just dishes, and dishes. like went above and beyond. Mm-hmm. And
0: like in a moment, you just like knew that or did you have to process through all that and think through it like explicitly? In a moment,
1: I I knew it right then.
0: So you had prayed this prayer and then put it out of your mind and moved on with your life. But it's almost like it was like on the back burner, Mm -hmm. obviously, because Mm -hmm. then when it shows up, boom, like it all, it all comes together.
1: Yeah. You know, I think that at least speaking for myself, hope was always something that was driving me, but I had nowhere to place my hope.
0: What were you hoping in? like
1: i always hope i could stop faking it i always wanted to to just kind of arrive and not saying that becoming a christian was arriving necessarily because we always still have work to do but it was suddenly this hope that i was hoping to place in myself but I keep failing. Mm -hmm. Or this hope that I'm placing in, well, maybe I can just find the perfect guy and that doesn't work. This hope that I place in my parents, but that doesn't work. It was kind of like, maybe this is it. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is the hope that I've been trying to place my whole life.
0: So you stand there in your doorway, God's cleaned your house. Mm -hmm. You're realizing okay, this God I didn't know existed a minute ago
1: Mm -hmm. answered
0: the prayer that I sarcastically threw up in the heavens towards him. Uh Uh-huh. And so then how do you start processing the God part of it as you walk into your house or in the next few days or what did that look like?
1: So, in my mind, I was like, I'm I'm going all in.
0: All in with God?
1: All in with God.
0: What did that mean to you in that moment?
1: I didn't really know.
0: (laughs) Whatever (laughs) this is, this is working?
1: Because I'd grown up and I'd gone to Catholic school. Yeah, yeah. But something told me that that wasn't all of it, that there was something more. Because the God that I had just experienced was a personal God, like a God who cared enough about a 21-year-old single mom's dishes. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to know more about that. Um, But I also didn't want to tell Brian about my encounter. Because I didn't also want to be like that girl who's like, oh, I like you, by the way, I became a Christian now because...
0: So you didn't want to tell him because you didn't want him to... Think you were trying to make something up? Yeah, or be I, all I kind weird. of wanted it
1: to be personal. Like yeah, I wanted okay. it to be my thing that yeah. I figured out, and so I bought a Bible. Um, Where'd you buy the Bible? I googled Christian <laughs> stores, and I found it's like Lighthouse Books or something <laughs> yeah, like that yeah. in Dublin. And so I went there. I was like, "What Bible do I get?" And I was like, "Okay, I just get a Bible." It said NIV. I was like that sounds good.
0: That sounds very good.
1: And so I grabbed that. Um, and i just started and i love to write and so i was just journaling and just giving myself time to ask questions like you know i remember one of the first questions that i journaled about was okay if if god is has a plan cuz that was something that i feel like people like throw around like god has a plan for your life i was like well what does that mean if i'm i also know that i have free will mm-hmm. and so i would just kind of journal through that and we just kind of like play the game of like, okay, God, like what do you want to tell me? And open up a Bible and see what verse was there and kind of see what I thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um and the first verse that I found when I opened the Bible was Galatians five, one. So Christ has truly set you free. Wow. Um
0: And what did that mean to you the first time you read that?
1: The first time I read it, that was I, I broke into tears because I'd always had this kind of um a draw to the symbolism of birds. And so, like, I liked the song, like, Free Bird or Maya Angelou, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. Mm-hmm. um, And and so I'd always felt like I was trapped in my life, like I was trapped at home or trapped in a relationship. And if I could just get to the next thing, then all my problems would be solved.
0: So you're just kind of, like, working hard, pretending to keep it together, just make it to the next thing. And one of these next things will be, like, The cage door opening up for me. Exactly. And it didn't work.
1: And that never worked. And so then I saw this, this verse, that Christ had set me free. And I just knew I wanted more of that. I wanted to know everything about what that freedom meant.
0: That's amazing. I feel like as we kind of walk through the story, there's probably people listening who are probably in the you know, maybe they're Christians maybe they're not but they're in the like twenty one year old Carolina stage of life yeah. where they're just like yes that's me yes I'm holding it all together and so they might hear this idea of hey release it all to God and and they're Christians maybe mm-hmm. and yet they're listening to it with like your old ears thinking like yeah but I see it like how what does that even mean what would you tell that that young woman if you're telling that same story to her and she's coming back saying, like, I don't even know what that even looks like. What does that look like?
1: I think that, at least in my experience, the, the hard part about the idea of surrender is we're thinking of it from a, a more physical level. Like, let me surrender these tasks I have to do and that gets confusing because it's like well I still have to do them like God (laughs) didn't keep doing my dishes you know and I still have to be a mom Mm -hmm. um, but it's it's the the heart Mm -hmm. that you surrender and so that night when I I really surrendered to God it wasn't surrendering the tasks Mm It was surrendering this idea that I had to be perfect, that I had to do it all.
0: And was that a powerful thing? Like, it seems like the cynic would say, but you still had the same tasks the next day. Was that Did that truly bring you freedom in that moment?
1: It absolutely did. Because my entire life, I'd struggled with feeling like I needed to be just a bit more to be enough. Mm. And that's a terrible thing to drive us, to feel like we're on this this hamster wheel of, if I just do this, if I just accomplish this, if I'm nice enough, pretty enough, strong enough, rich enough, smart enough, anything enough, then I will have arrived. And being in this place where it's like, I can surrender me being enough and let God be everything. That's for me, at least what the real change was. And so the next day it was like, you know, I can still be the best mom that I can be, but I already know that my worth and my value is is there. It's already been paid for. It's already been fought for, and I can do these tasks knowing that the battle's won. Wow,
0: and I love that idea of surrender, especially in light of what we talked about on Sunday this this week in our series of God shows up and breaks through, and then we have a response. Mm -hmm. And if God did your dishes, you know, said so that you just said, Oh, that was cool, I went back to your life, nothing would have changed. Yeah. Or if Brian would have shared with you these words and you would have just gotten angry and stormed out and not even, if, you know, I know you didn't do it intentionally, but something in you started to change a little bit. Yeah. And so you responded and you responded, then God moved, then you responded and God moved. And mm-hmm. you kind of described today this kind of pattern of God working and then you responding and God working and you responding. And it mm-hmm. seems like through that, partnership he walked you into this new way of life yeah which in a lot of ways looks the same to the viewer on the outside but Mm -hmm. in your heart you're saying is is absolutely different yeah okay so now flash forward six years or so Mm -hmm. you and brian are married you've got four kids life is not as hard as being a single mom or maybe it's harder who knows? but it's hectic again Mm -hmm. now you've got god who doesn't always do your dishes but sometimes he comes through you've got this new freedom is it all easy now? What What's different now <laughs> stepping into a hectic life with Jesus?
1: So stepping in with Jesus now, the problems are still there. Um, you know, I think of the verse, you know, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And that's what I go back to because after my having my third baby, Nico, he's two now, um I had really, really bad postpartum depression and anxiety. And and that's when I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I thought
0: these problems were over. Yes. Jesus fixed all these things. Yes.
1: Like, <laughs> wait a minute. I delighted in the Lord. Where are the desires of my heart? Depression is not a desire of my heart. And
0: what what was your attitude towards God when that all kind of came down? Was it had surprised or angry.
1: You know, I, I think that for me, having become a Christian when I did and the way I did, I felt like I had been blind or I thought I had thought that I'd been blind my whole life. And someone just said, all you have to do is open your eyes. And so this relief and knowing like, I am never closing my eyes again. I've seen how dark life is and I know, I don't know how, I don't know why, but I know that Jesus is better. And so now when I struggle with depression or anxiety or honestly just like the everyday life with four kids and two wild cats and (laughs) everything going on, you can get really irritated and angry and frustrated, but... I know, I know that Jesus is better. I know that he's overcome all these little things. And so the surrender isn't necessarily, let me surrender all these things I have to do for my kids and for husband. And it's, it's surrendering my need to do it for myself. It's surrendering this idea that I have to do something to be enough. Instead, I can just let God be everything.
0: Wow. Carolina, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been great to have you with us. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: Thanks so much for joining us for the Three Crosses podcast. I hope you were encouraged by Carolina's story of God breaking into her life. I love the way that this whole journey of Carolina with God started with God showing up and her responding. If you were here on Sunday as we jumped into Acts 3 and 4, you heard that that's exactly what happened in the lives of the apostles. If you haven't downloaded that sermon yet, jump on the Three Crosses Sermon podcast app and download that sermon and listen to it. It's so fun when our lives today look just like the lives of the scripture. So check that out and we'll see you next time.